0: how's it going? So, this episode is a mini-sode where uh, Quincy, who at the time of recording, was at the Memphis Comic Expo. Uh, he interviews a bunch of good folks in the industry about horror and comics and all that good stuff, so we thought we'd throw it up so you guys could listen to those. They're super informative and funny and cool because it's Quincy, so of course it is. Uh, and uh, next week we're going to be back to our regularly scheduled programming, uh, Ranking Horror Movies, uh, and until then, Enjoy!
1: Hey, this is Quincy here with Kyle Starks, the author of Dead of Winter and
2: the best comic book ever, Sex Castle. Oh, that's me. Thanks. That's a good one. <laughs> How's your con going? I really enjoy this con. This is a good one. I like, I, like the, I like Memphis Comic Expo a lot. Yeah. How does Memphis
1: stack up to other cons in the south and the mid-south?
2: Uh, I, think, I think it does pretty well. Uh, they get, the showrunners take really good care of you as a guest of the show. They get a really good lineup. Uh, I think people are big fans of comics, like real deep-cut comic fans. There's a lot of dudes here to see. Uh, that if you're a big fan, you know Like, Oh, Ryan Brown's here, fucking, uh, Mike Norton's here, uh, Chris Schweitzer's here, etc. Yeah. Uh, I, like, so I like I like the show a lot, they take good care of you. Awesome,
1: that's good. Yeah, we have nothing to do with the convention, but you know we're here, so. But it's good, though. Yeah, it's good, though. Cool, so tell me about writing
2: um, Dead Winter. What's it like to write a comic book based off of a board game? Uh, it's 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 difficult Um, but what we try I love dead of winter Uh, I play the board game a lot that's how they tricked me into doing the book Um, I think the secret is is that you don't write a comic that's based on a board game Uh, you write on a comic that's sort of draws from that world yeah Uh, dead of winter is way easier than a lot of board games because it has sort of a soft built-in narrative to it Um, but I feel like it's like it's fleshed out in a way that you can make. I think everyone makes the same assumptions, so it's it was easy for me. But I love that. I love that world. I love those characters. Uh, I love Sparky. So it was it's pretty easy. But it's, it's daunting to do. I don't. Wanna, you want to make something that people will like, even if they have no idea what it's based on. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And people will read it and say like. For for an IP standpoint, like oh, now that you've read this comic, check out our board game, and also oh, now that you've played this board game, check out this comic and check out this creator yeah. and his other stuff. Yeah, as well. hopefully, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I think the
2: hope is I think you like issue two just came out last week, so you're like oh man, uh, Sparky's great because he's he's the best dog, he's the best good good boy of all time. Yeah, yeah. Are you like who? What is Forrest Plum the Drunk Mall Santa? And you're like, well, I gotta play this game. Like these characters are dope, and I gotta play this game. Yeah, uh, I would. Oh, because it's, I think it's the best board. I mean, not the best, but I think it's a very, very, very good board game. Uh, it's my most played for sure. So yeah.
1: And how does board games like Dead of Winter um, feel when you also think about stuff like D and D? Do you think there's a clear DNA? I think I think certain
2: games. Um, I would say specifically like Betrayal House on the Haunted Hill. Yeah. And uh, and and to a point, Dead of Winter. They're more fun if you sort of think about them in those contexts rather than a series of like mechanical actions. Right. Yeah. So, I, and, and like I said, Dead of Winter ha- with the crossroad cards. Have you pl- you guys played us? Or maybe not. All right. I with haven't the played it. But we'll, right. we'll, we'll edit that part out. You <laughs> know. So they have these crossroad cards. They have these crossword cards, and they're sort of like narrative effects on the game. And there's a stack. I mean, they're this big. Yeah. Um, so there's narrative that's a part of the game. But I, I, so I think you just know like there's certain characters you want to have because you like them more. Yeah. And then there's certain characters that are better to play the game with. And just in that, uh, Dead of Winter is a great game, guys. I highly yeah. recommend it. I highly recommend it. So you're also the author
1: of Sex Castle, Kill Them All, really heavily influenced by that like 80s, 90s, VHS, straight-to-video action All action, action movies. movies yeah. Yeah. I'm the writer and
2: artist on both of those. I, yes. I write and draw yes. almost everything except for Dead of Winter, um, which I'm just writing, and uh, Rick and Morty, which I'm mostly just writing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love action movies. I love yep. all action movies. So what is your favorite action-slash-horror movie? Oh, oh, I'm on the spot. <laughs> I, that's I, a the thing, thing to do. I, I immediately say Predator. I mean, Predator immediately yes, comes to my yes. mind. Um, that sort of 80s Schwarzenegger era was really sort of my sweet spot. I bet there's something better I can't think of. Like, I think, like, Aliens, I think, is, like, sci-fi. Horror. I don't think it was, like, an action-horror thing. Right, right. But I guess it technically is. Yeah. But I bet there's something... That's very... Like, it's more horror than action, and they somehow mush them together, but I'm blanking right this minute. But Predator has Jesse Ventura with uh, Machine Gun. Only good. It's only good. It's only good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Predator's maybe too sci-fi, too, but I I think it feels very... I mean, I bet there's a great answer to that question.
1: Yeah. No, I think
2: you've come up with the perfect answer yeah. for that question, and I'm not just saying that because I'm trying to like. I think I'm, you. I, I feel here's the thing. I feel like I'm blanking on the exact right answer though, and it's just like I can't like right this minute, and I'm gonna think of it later, and then I'll tell yeah. you. You can put it in the show notes. So, will
1: you tell our readers where they can find you? Our listeners, where a podcast, yeah, not yeah. a blog, where they can find
2: you on the internet? Yeah, the, I'm the Kyle Starks everywhere at Twitter and Facebook. I am um, on Patreon.com one a slash direction i don't know uh kyle starks uh i have a store envy go to my twitter my twitter is the easiest place to follow me and see what's going on so yeah and go to your local comic book store for of rick and morty rock um, candy mountain from image comics yes uh dead of winter is out right now it's going to run through december which is great because it's about zombies and winters uh and dogs and good good boys yeah and what else am i doing kill them all comes out september 27th from Press. i'm very busy I'm very busy. Yeah. All right. Well, have a great convention. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks.
1: Hey, I'm here with Donnie, the big guy in charge of the... Uh, Memphis me- Comic Expo. Yeah. Memphis yeah. Comic yeah. Expo. It's been a long day at the convention. I you, man. Me too. And it's going till 6. <laughs> <laughs> so even though so, this is a podcast, he's yeah. like, yeah, it's a, it's a long day. And tomorrow's another day.
3: Another long day, yeah. yeah. We, uh, we're 10 to 5 tomorrow. we we'll close a little earlier. Awesome. But, um, yeah, there's a lot going on around town today. So uh, we're curious to see, you know, on a slower day around town, uh, Cooper Young Fest is today. And there's, the Tigers just played apparently a, a high-scoring huge game against UCLA. And the Tigers won. Shout out. Tigers, yeah, the shout. Tigers. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's a lot of things you can do with your time and money today. So, um, But, you know, we've got a, so- a solid, steady crowd. And, um, you know, we're definitely hoping for more tomorrow. So, you know, that's going to make all the difference in, in how this kind of turns out. So, you know, it costs a lot to put on. So, yeah. so a lot of,
1: tell me what got you into putting on comic book conventions.
3: Uh it was, I made a mistake, a a tiny huge mistake, Um, it really wasn't a goal, like some people think like, oh he's following his dream, it's not, Um, I went to a convention, I didn't even really go to a lot of conventions, um, which is probably weird, because I've worked at a comic book store for um, 30 years now, I'm 45 now, so you can do the math, I mean I was like in junior high, Uh, when I started, so you would think I'd be thrilled to go to, but I kind of get burnt out at work doing that every day. But um, anyway, uh, a show in Little Rock had Bernie Wrightson at it, and uh, I just wanted to meet him and get a sketch if I could. So I went over there, and then while I was in the process of that, I just started getting angry that Memphis doesn't get people like Bernie Wrightson. And um, actually kind of full circle, last year we had him slated to be a guest. But that was right around, like, he got really sick. And he had, like, his second bout of uh, chemo. He had brain tumor. And then ultimately, you know, succumbs. And, uh, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. And our thoughts and prayers go out to his family and friends. But, um, this guy, you know, he was the guy that sort of made me uh, want to do it. And uh, it's more... It's more about the creators than, um, I mean that's really, if you look at our guest list, that's mostly what it is. It's like a real true comic show. I mean, and obviously, you know, a lot of people know uh, comic conventions these days are big media events at most of them, and the comic creators kind of get pushed to the side and this big love affair that the that the world is having with comic books, comic book properties specifically, movies, TV, merchandise, pop culture. None of that would exist without the guys who like do this grueling work. I don't think most people appreciate how much work goes into comic books. And for me, you know, sometimes people might be interested. Well, I'm a Batman fan. I'm a this fan. Well, when I was pretty young, you know, uh, maybe even 12, 13, Uh, When I started kind of reintroducing myself from when I was younger to comics, I would just obviously to me It's obvious, but I would always wonder like well, why is this one good and this one sucks? And then you know in pretty short order I figured out well It's because this guy wrote it and this guy this guy's good and this guy's terrible So for me, it just made perfect sense to start following you know creators as opposed to properties Yeah, I love Batman, but I want, a, I want a good comic. I don't care particularly what it is, but I want it. And, you know, it's like your favorite novelist. Like, if you're a Stephen King fan, they're not always masterpieces, but you kind of know what level he's going to be playing on. And it's the same way with comic book creators. Like, if you find a good artist, he's generally going to work in the same realm of quality. I mean, maybe occasionally he had a rush job or something, and it's not quite his best. But same thing for writers. Like, if you find a guy that you like... You can really usually latch on to that and say, well, he's going to give me my money's worth. For um, me, that's just the most obvious thing about comics, that uh, I always wanted to give uh, something back to those guys, and uh, there's probably a better business plan to have a bunch of uh, media guys in here, but I don't really care about that. Um, so, uh, the convention is a giant pain in the ass. It's a <laughs> lot of detail to take care of, and uh, I'm not a very good detail guy, and it's a it's I don't know if it's that I'm not good at it, or it's just so sprawling for one person to kind of My wife helps me out with the website, and she's there for support, and she'll open her wallet, um, she, and she's very super understanding and patient with me, kind, loving. Um, yeah. What else? Keep it coming. But um, it's a lot of work for, for the other stuff that I do. It's too much. It's insane. And uh, so... Uh, we're talking about getting some help for next year, and that might solve a lot of things. And it might make this better. You know, we might be able to advertise it better. Uh, or, you know, just having some uh, internal structure uh, might help. So, you know, th- better things might be uh, ahead for us. I'm really proud of, like, the guest list that we've got. I mean really and truly, you have to drive about 500 miles before you come to any kind of comic creator list that approaches ours. Yeah, and now We definitely. don't have a big name like Jim Lee or Alex Ross or that, but just at one show in Memphis, or in even the surrounding area, to have Gene High, Ty Templeton, Derek Robertson, you show me another show, that's just three guys. I could name 10, 15 more. Uh, Mike Norton, Nick Batara, Chris Burnham, you tell me what show in the area. I mean, I'm flexing on these other shows right now. Tell me what
1: show. Shooting on the mic. Right.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, but, but it's true. Um, so, I mean, uh, what we really need, I mean, you know there's a certain amount of people that like comic conventions or conventions in memphis but what we really and truly need is for people from little rock and nashville and all any kind of drivable surrounding area and really ultimately if we really succeed people get on an airplane and say "Oh, i'm going to the memphis comic expo because it's kind of like it's kind of like that hero show that's you know i've never actually been but i see their guest list every year and uh, that's what we want to be like yeah i mean um and i think for uh you know i mean if you count all the smaller artists, I'm kind of proud that we have those those high-end guys, and then we've got, we're accessible to the low-end guys, and we've got all in between. But, um, I, you know, it's kind of become a haven for, like, the, the indie guys. Those guys, re- I don't know how much money they make. They make some. Uh, but those guys are really enthusiastic about the show. If I ever seem like I have any doubts about continuing it, they browbeat me and <laughs> beg me. And, uh, you know... Um, so, I get a lot of, you know, attaboys and compliments, but what we really and truly need is just more attendees. Um, the thing that'll give it legs, that help me pay people to do what I do, it would be another, you know, a thousand uh, more attendees, which really isn't a lot for any kind of convention, say, so, oh, wow, we got another thousand attendees. Uh, that would be a big deal for us, because we're just a little show, but, um, you know, we're proud of what we do. Uh, we feel like in the future we can do it better. We're still trying to find our legs, but the thing we're always just proudest of uh, is the guest list. And uh, those guys, you know, um, this is Kyle Baker's third time, I left him off that list when I was Yeah. Like, 8 time Eisner Award winner. Uh, somebody did a local uh, article, uh, I think we have 16 Eisners in the building right now. Yeah, so, no big deal, just yeah, 16 yeah, Eisners. Right, right, so, um, you know, those guys, we try to treat them right. Um, feed them, take them out for, you know, drinks and barbecue, and, uh, you know, it says a lot that he's come back three times, like, um, if it sucked, in his point of view, he wouldn't come back at all, and we've had, Mike Norton's been here all four years, he'll probably be back the next four years, Um, and there's other dudes too, I mean, actually, I feel bad, because we kind of wanted some turnover, but uh, I won't name names, but there were guys that uh, we've had in the past. But I just needed some different names, you know. And it's like you you start forming relationships with these guys. That's the really rewarding thing is when you can sit down afterwards at the bar and have a beer with Jin Ma Food or Derek Robertson. And some of those guys, you know, uh, it's like the real world. Some are cooler than others, but some of them are really, really cool. Um, They're just very gracious with their time, energy. Um, You can, you know, you talk to them after the show. It's not purely about... You know, they're not just being nice to you because they're at the show, but um, that's that's the rewarding thing for me. It's just a relationship. So,
1: and look, we're not gonna name other big business conventions, but this one actually has heart. Memphis Comic okay, Expo. Right. Is awesome. put together, yeah. See another another fan. Uh, Memphis Comic Expo yeah. is we put can together with. Yeah, there's only one. Yeah, there's only one. back. There's two,
3: two big chains.
1: <laughs> the Walmart one, of comic five. book right. convention. And, sure.
3: and if you're being fair, I mean, they have like <laughs> Lizard s- Girls <laughs> <laughs> But,
1: they have, they have,
3: but right. if you're being fair though, they have like a, if you're into media stuff and pop culture stuff, I mean, they have a zillion times. You know. Um, but if you like so recently they had one in uh nashville did you guys go to that
1: well yeah we we're there but uh they won't talk to us they won't answer our phone (laughs) call okay (laughs) well if you take
3: we obviously don't have a stan lee there's only one of those around anyway, and he's 94 95. Mm -hmm. um if you if you take him out of their comic guests and i'm and i'm definitely not talking about their media their media guests are way better than ours um our comic guest list was better than yours. and That doesn't mean they don't have any good ones, and I'm not knocking any creator that was there, but as, as a whole, our guest list was better. This is probably inviting them to come, come do a show in Memphis. In a, come at us. Yeah, come at me, bruh. Um, but anyway, I mean, that's a minor accomplishment. I mean, I literally think, you know, I kind of looked around, and it's like we have the com- best comic list in Tennessee, Arkansas, yeah, uh, yeah, Mississippi, <laughs> uh, Alabama, um, I don't know. I think there's some good shows in Kentucky, so I don't know that I can claim that one. Um, I think I can claim Oklahoma, uh, Louisiana, even though they ha- there's a Wizard World down there, but I usually beat their comic yeah. list. Yeah, um, And I don't know. There might be other ones, you know. I mean, I don't know. Did you guys check out the. Um, we might have beaten the comic list for Dragon Con. I mean, you obviously, know, cosplay is yeah. a huge thing there, and it's a big party. <laughs> Um, but just talk, you know, as far as quality comic
1: creators, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so um, you mentioned you are a big reader of comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is hot in the horror comic section? Because the big goal of my podcast yeah. is we talk about horror movies, but I'm trying to get more people into horror comics. Right, books. right. Well, so what do you read? Oh, what do you recommend? I know like uh, it's a tough question. Working.
3: Well, the <laughs> obvious number one go to is Walking Dead. Yeah. and if you if you're just a fan of the TV show. The comic is literally better, and then it's also there's enough commonality between what's going on in the show, uh, and then enough differences. I mean, I think one of the things that blows people's minds when they come in and they've only seen the show is that Daryl does not exist yeah. in the comic. Um, uh, Daryl is my favorite character on there. Uh, I heard him re- described as a Still redneck you know Lancelot. Yeah, um, <laughs> yes. that's, that's like my favorite description right. of his character. But um, Anywho, uh, let's see some other. Well, you got like thirty days a night is a good
2: one. Yeah, thirty days. I can't really think
3: of a ton that are like current. There's one called Harrow County from Dark Horse Comics that I love. Harrow County's awesome. Written by Cullen Bunn and
2: um, Tyler. Tyler
3: Kurt draws that. Is it Tyler? Tyler or something?
0: I'm blanking on his name. Cullen Bunn, Brian Hurt, and Bill Crabtree. We're talking
3: about no, 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 no. We're talking. That's the. uh that's harrow, uh, county. harrow county It's Tyler oh, yeah. tyler crook, tyler crook, crook thank crook, you crook, crook. Yeah. man i'm yeah. off but uh he's a great artist i just could not think of his name um we'd love to have him if he's listening as a guest we've had cullen bunn uh i guess he's doing uh less shows these days so we haven't been able to, to get him back but uh he was pretty swell when he was here and man that guy is a machine he writes a ton of stuff yeah. and i'm blanking Always some of the other ones good. but uh He's Honestly, definitely got a few Archie other horror, has some really yeah, good
0: horror
2: titles. Yeah, those Archie uh, comics. Half Life with Archie and the Sabrina ones. Those are just Chilly really good. I've so yeah. been loving
3: them. Um, what's the uh, uh, and then Jughead Werewolf comic? Yeah. The, uh, yeah, Jughead the Hunger. Yeah, the Hunger. Jughead the Hunger. Thirty Days a Night. I've been to, what's the Ben? Timblesmith? The uh, the one that's like. Uh, uh, I don't know anything. All right, <laughs> well, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna plug that comic anyway. It's ben, a long Ben Smith canceled on his two years. In Alberta, <laughs> <so> <laughs> we're not plugging that comic that I love, but uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, th- I can't think of the title of.
1: So for our listeners who Warm-Wid, are planning Warm-Wid their Gentle-
3: gentleman Corps. that's a really Warm-Wid good Warm-Wid one. gentleman corpse. Yeah.
1: So for our listeners who are planning their trip to Memphis next mm-hmm. year, uh, what time frame are we looking at for 2018? Well. We're not
3: through with this one, obviously. Yeah, we're still halfway, that's fair. <laughs> halfway through, but I think um, I think we're looking at like the third week of October, so the weather will be a little cooler outside. Memphis is a little more pleasant in October than yeah. <laughs> in September. But um, not only that, but the uh, the convention scene um, in September is a little, uh, you know, our, one of our things we do is uh, uh, I don't look at the local events as much as I do like the national convention. Like I don't, I can't compete with heroes or yep. baltimore con so uh, i try to avoid that stuff now new york comic-con is in october but we're a couple of weeks after that if we if we end up with that date yeah. so um that tends to be good so a lot of guys don't want necessarily do even the guys that are really like road warriors out there doing tons of shows like we have mike mccone another super awesome guest um this is the second time he's been back uh he's a super swell guy and an amazing artist um You know, and if he didn't enjoy the show, he wouldn't have come back. But uh, I think he's done, I heard, 40 shows this year. I mean, that is like getting it. Yeah. Mike's trying (laughs) to get that money.
1: Mike McCone said he filled up his commissions list faster here than in any other show he's done so far. You hear that? Yeah. And he was just in San Francisco. Yeah so
3: <laughs> he does and he's uh he's leaving a, a little bit early tomorrow because uh he just got a, got a last minute booking for two shows in australia and he, i think he was worried that i was going to be mad and i was like
1: Nah, man go, go check in with those dingoes and
3: you know kangaroos <laughs>
1: awesome so what website um can our listeners go to, yeah. to get all the beats? yeah right
3: well um memphiscomicexpo.com it's real basic and straightforward um and certainly, when we, uh, you know, finalize a date and uh, you know start getting the guest list, um, we'll, well, that'll be available. Um, I will say um, the guys that we have, you know, I've already been bragging about the guest list. Um, earlier this year, I had decided I wasn't going to do the show this year, that I was going to take some time off, um, and then I changed my mind. So I did this on a relatively, you know, I'm patting myself on the back pretty hard, but I did this on a pretty quick turnaround. I'd say. In just a matter of a few months, I put the the guest list together. And a lot of that was just due to the fact that we're kind of making a name uh, within the community for ourselves. Yeah. uh, You know, those guys have a good time and they make money. That's a really big key component. If those guys come and make money uh, and somebody's a jerk to them, they're probably still going to come back. But if you're nice to them and they don't have a bad experience and they make money and they get to drink some beer and barbecue, not drink barbecue, but eat some barbecue. (laughs) they're likely to come back. And then, you know, um, where are you guys from? Uh, Clarksville. Clarksville. Well, then you guys sort of know, um, from a lot of Memphis points of view, they tend to dwell sometimes on Memphis's negatives. Yeah. And those are really easy, you know, crime, uh, that kind of stuff. But from an outsider's point of view, Memphis is a very sexy destination. A lot of people haven't been here. And we have Graceland. stacks. Sun Studios I mean a cultural music history second to none and uh, you know people want to come check that stuff out and obviously they've heard about our barbecue we have the I think the world's
1: largest barbecue festival can confirm the best barbecue okay all right oh my wife's gonna get mad she's she's Kansas City but I'm from West Tennessee I
0: like them both so don't don't tell anybody I like them both
3: but, um, yeah, I mean, we've got plenty of things that people want to come check out. I mean, the, the National Civil Rights Museum downtown is a, like a world-class museum. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the zoo is a really nice zoo on a national level. Um, so we've got cool stuff going on. You know, there's music here. Um, you know, so if you plan a trip to the Memphis Comic Expo, it's not just about coming to this. It's about coming to Memphis and tapping into all those other cool things that we have. So
1: Awesome. Well, thanks for talking to me. Yeah, us. man. Thank you. Hey, we're live at Memphis Comic Expo with Chad Bowers. Hey, how are you guys? Hey, how's it going? So, how are you enjoying the convention?
4: It's good. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I'm having a having a great time. Yeah. So, what is your favorite cosplay that you've seen today? You know, honestly, probably that Misty Knight that we saw a second ago. She looked great. She's got kind of this like uh, kind of steampunk thing going on with yeah. the little, like cybernetic arm,
1: and she just looks
4: great. Did
1: you see the steampunk baby arm? No. There was a guy with a, a steampunk arm at the, at the end was one of those little grabbers So it's like a little baby hand at oh, the wow. end of a silver steampunk arm. It was that's, pretty that's pretty cool yeah. um, So have you had a chance to talk to the board game church yet? No, So, uh, is it,
4: is it, uh, what is it called? I saw, I saw it. It's a level up, right? Level Level up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, uh, we talked about it because I'm a sucker for tabletop gaming and he's like, you play Dominion? I was like, yeah. He's like, come by tomorrow. We'll have church and then we'll play Dominion. Whoa.
4: And I'm like, uh, thanks. And I walked away because... I mean, it looks pretty incredible. I gotta say, and then they look like they've got like all the right promo stuff. You know, I mean, it just really pulls you in. Yeah, yeah,
1: they know how to pull you in. Yeah, uh, regardless of how you feel about churches and giant churches. Well, see, that's
4: the thing. Like, you see so much at these cons, but I've never seen that before. Yeah, yeah, never seen that before. So they—they win that one. Yeah. So uh, we're a
1: horror podcast. Uh, Chad, what's your favorite horror movie? Putting oh, you on the gosh, spot.
4: That's that's tough, man. Tough um, questions here I, at the I, con. I, yeah, well, I think I uh, am contractually obligated to say uh, Army of Darkness right now because uh, I'm working on Army of Darkness with Chris Sims. But I don't know, man. I you know I was I was a big big horror fan when I was a kid. Grew up watching a lot of TV, uh, a lot of, lot, lot of like uh, like antenna TV. So I had like yeah. a, you know no cable. So I I used to catch you know all, all the all the Stephen King movies in loops. You know, Chud, like you know, Rawhead Rex, like all that stuff that was on Pumpkinhead. (laughs) So I'm like a huge fan uh, of pretty much that that entire like '80s genre of of uh, of of suit uh, movies. Um, You know, I don't know, man. What's one that I've seen that I like? Gosh, I don't know. That that's a tough one. Like, I guess my favorite like modern horror movie is probably like It Follows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But uh, as far as like old school classic stuff i might go with like the one that scared me the most which i think was probably the uh the original pet cemetery i yes. think that was a great that was a great one yeah
1: okay uh can you remember a tape box that scared you and you never saw the movie so like you haven't been able to like get over the nightmare
4: of the uh, tape box Ooh, that's a that's a really good one um
1: for me it's ice cream man the okay. the one with yeah. like the the demon girl eating the ice cream cone, or like I think it's Dennis too, he's got the girl with the razor blade Yes, yes,
4: yeah, yeah Um, So here's a couple, uh I I remember the, the uh, was it, was it Watchers? Uh, was that the Dean like, what was that one called? Or maybe, yeah, I think that was one of the, that one Cause I think there's like, whatever the monster is in that movie is kind of like in shadow on the cover It's like a silhouette, and you're like, oh, that thing looks awful, what is it? You know, that was a good one, and there's like nothing to that one but the back of the box that I remember, like the back of the VHS box that I remember the most, is the Blood and Roses box. Do you remember that? I, I tell it's, me more. It, tell well, me more. It's, it's like it's like a rock. I think it's I think it's called Blood and Roses because uh, I, I grew up in a small town and there was a, a like a little small town video rental place called Energy Video Two, and uh, I would go there and Wait, like two as in T O O, like we like have more like than the one? sequel. Oh, like the sequel. Like, like the sequel. Oh, that's like even better. A Roman numeral two. Energy Video <laughs> Two. Um, because there was one that like the parent store was like in the, in, in the bigger city over our bigger town over, and so we got the we got the uh, the little, yeah okay that's it that's perfect blood and roses so like what's the back of that look like does it have the back of the box
1: yes so for those of listening to this podcast yeah uh, it's Kyle it's pulled it up on his
4: phone oh no, that's that's not it that's not it I, I remember that cover oh what's the one um I forget what it was it's like a rock and roll movie and yeah, on the yeah. back of it it's like this weird like stretched out demonic looking thing but it's like clearly a woman because it's nude (laughs) and it was like always and it's like one of those things that like slipped through the cracks of like you know had to like slip through the cracks for like yeah there was no reason that should have made the back of the box but like clearly whoever made it was like i don't care if there's boobs on the back of this box but as a kid you're like you're 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 trying to figure it all out right and so it's like yeah that that's not for me but it's never gonna leave my brain you know yeah yeah. it's uh, dug itself in. yeah yeah but it's definitely like a rock and roll like theme to it i forget what it was but that one always stood out to me and and like i mentioned earlier like rawhead rex that one really scared me a lot when i was a kid uh what else man yeah pro- probably probably like probably watchers i don't know why maybe it was just like the unknown you know yeah. so tell us a little bit more about writing army of darkness how is that it's great it's really good uh I write that with Chris Sims. Who I think's been on your show before. Yeah, yeah. Chris's uh, been on the show for which him. is a surprise because that dude does not love horror movies. See, he like his gets brand scared is really. hard. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. his <laughs> thing. But in in, in his uh, in his defense, I don't think that the Army of Dark Army of Darkness in particular is not like a horror movie. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, it's got a lot of the elements, and it's like. Part of the trilogy but but it it's the, the the lesser of the three when you're when you're talking about like the horror stuff but um uh it's been great man i grew i grew up on uh on on raimi stuff like you know i i, I probably saw army of darkness first and then i kind of went back and watched the evil dead movies when i was a teenager and uh but i was a huge fan of like dark man yeah. uh i was a big fan of like all the raimi stuff from from around that same time so um and uh yeah so writing this is a is, is a big like. Well, in the same way that like X Men was a big like childhood dream yeah. come true, you know what I mean? And, and Youngblood's the same kind of thing. These these are properties that like formed who I am, and you know you get to like play with this thing. Eventually, we're gonna write something that didn't happen in nineteen ninety two, uh, but but no, it's it's really great because uh, you know you see you see yourself in these stories a little bit, like what you would have done then through the filter of your like adult life you know it's, yeah. it's really great
1: so, so which fans are the most invested in the property
4: would you say it's x-men fans or army of darkness fans or i gotta tell you man i'd say it's split right down the middle like you get your x-men fans who are just rabid you know they yeah. love the x-men and particularly those fans are like the animated series who like really to our book obviously you know but but we were what four issues in the army of darkness now i think three's out four is going to be out this next month yeah and i mean we just get slammed at cons guys come up telling us how much they love the book i mean it's a whole new fan base that we haven't really tapped into before or like touched before so it's really great i can't keep them on the table like they just they're gone yeah
1: and that franchise has been with the publisher for a really long time it's their first one i think it's
4: their first big yeah yeah, it was their first big licensed property yeah and so we got that great J. Scott Campbell cover on our yeah. zero issue, which was a, a kind of a kind of a homage to that original cover. Yeah, so that was great.
1: Right on. Will you tell our listeners where they can find you on the internet?
4: Probably the easiest place to find me is just on Twitter. I'm just at Chad Bowers. I've got a Tumblr and a website that I rarely update. It's uh, AmericasGotBowers.com. But, uh, but other than that, that's me. But Twitter's probably the easiest place. Yeah, and
1: at your local comic shop, you've got Army of Darkness running,
4: with, covered yeah, with a- Chris Sims. Ash vs. Army of Darkness with Chris. I've got Sword Quest with Chris. Uh, we've got a couple other things that are coming out. We've got Deadpool Batter Blood, which will be out probably in 2018. So then we're kind of working on that, uh, which is a sequel to, to Deadpool Bad Blood, the graphic novel we did with Rob Liefeld. The Rob. The Rob, man. And uh, yeah, Rob's been real good to me, man. Uh, I'm also doing Young Blood, which is the. the uh, Kind of a, a modern take on the the original Image comic, Youngblood, Rob's first books at Image. So, um, yeah, that, that's that's what I'm doing now. I'm doing that with Jim Toe, and uh, it's doing real well. And we're we're just happy to do it and hope to keep doing it. Awesome. Well, thanks for talking to us. Hey, thanks for having me, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: This episode is also brought to you by Nailed It Productions. Nailed It Productions is a horror production company that has entered the merch game to pay for future films that give back to all you freaks and creeps. Their first pin produced is their Nailed It logo, complete with a custom mini VHS box and sticker set. And their second pin is Louisiana late night TV legend Morgus the Magnificent. Uh, Only airing in Louisiana for 35 plus years, he's going to be a pin and sticker paying homage to the man who inspired so many of us growing up in the South. Since Nailed It Productions are also fans of collecting VHS and love nostalgic things, they thought what better way to release their films but on VHS format for our fans. We are working with at retro release videos and Magnetic Magic Rentals for a November release. So all of you VHS ghouls, uh, Nailed It Productions has you covered. Hey, we're here with the Boomin' Bass with Matt Wilson.
0: Everywhere I go, uh, the bass comes with me. It's, I can't help it. Uh, I just, I, I draw banging beats wherever I go.
1: So Matt, how do you feel about the fact that the, the event center where Memphis Comic Expo is booked also booked a sneaker convention in the room next door?
0: It is good. It reminds me of when Heroes Con in Charlotte used to happen concurrent to a uh, what was referred to as the Dubs Convention because it was named after Dub Magazine, which was all about like wheels and rims for cars. And uh, what was fun about that show was when you were out in the kind of the shared lobby area. You could usually tell who was there for the comic convention and who was there for the dub convention based on clothing choices and stuff like that but if they were wearing a Wolverine t-shirt it was 50-50 yeah yeah I was gonna say what is a 50-50 it's Wolverine it is the Venom Spider-Man t-shirt possibly Venom but possibly Venom Venom was almost always uh, Heroes Con though but but Wolverine you really didn't know yeah it's Uh, really up in the air Power Rangers t-shirt I would
1: argue possible some crowds it depends on the fit and the cut of the shirt I would love
0: to see what kind of clothing crossover there is between the sneaker convention and this one but there is no shared space
1: yeah yeah I I think that's even um, a another additional money maybe we can smooth talk our way into it with a press pass but um, we will just have to see yeah you'll just just, just try to walk in and say, oh, press, press. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm with a podcast. You've probably heard of it. We're on iTunes. Yeah. Um, we're unranked. It's a, with iTunes. It's, we're with Yeah, we're with iTunes. Uh, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. So, Matt, um,
0: what's your favorite thing that's happened today at the convention? My favorite thing that's happened today at the convention? Um, well, so, at my table, when... To to pass the time, because you know I sell some books, but I wanted to have like a cheap thing at my table. Um, I draw sketches, like very bad writer sketches, because I'm not an artist and I never claim to be. Yeah. Uh, I, I draw sketches of wrestlers by request. Now, for a while, I would only draw John Cena or Kevin Owens, uh, but I expanded that out, and now I'll draw basically anybody, and. Uh, I drew, you, you actually came by the table and presented me with a fabulous Undertaker DVD. An Undertaker DVD that has been
1: ranked on this podcast.
0: As it should be. <laughs> uh, he buries them alive. Yes. And uh, that is that is very special to me. I drew you an Undertaker in exchange for that. And it is really good. I was I was pretty proud of that Undertaker, but it was not as good as the Bailey sketch. Uh, that I that I was very nervous to draw and then I drew Bailey and I was like actually that's a good Bailey <laughs> so uh, probably my best moment has been to being proud of myself for adequately drawing Bailey Yeah that's really good uh, Kyle and I re-
1: walked up to a person and said that's a great Bailey cosplay and she said these
0: are just my clothes and walked away from us There's a guy here I don't I haven't seen him in a little bit but uh, I tweeted this out. Um, there was a guy that I was trying to figure out if he was cosplaying as Bray Wyatt or if that's just how he dressed for <laughs> hours. For that uh, guy, I do not know if if I still do not know if he was cosplaying Bray Wyatt or not. Yeah,
1: the jury is out on that. Yeah. So speaking of Bray Wyatt, um, what is your favorite horror-related wrestler or wrestling storyline? Hmm putting you on the spot
0: here. We're getting the are, hot takes on Rank of pile You are putting me on the spot. Um, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to deny the Undertaker as, like, the best sort of horror-adjacent yeah, yeah. figure. Um, I have, like, I have weird feelings about the Undertaker. Like, I feel like the Undertaker has been a performer with lots of ups and downs career-wise and character-wise. Even though, like, he's, he's so well-regarded among, like, the locker room yeah like i feel as like the audience like the fact that he gets such like unadorned respect now is weird to me because he had such like low periods like i feel like when he first came in for a while after that like he was just all right i didn't really like the undertaker and think the undertaker was mega cool until he was leading the ministry yeah and I think that is my favorite horror storyline. I th- I feel like Mark Calloway, the performer who is the Undertaker, actually didn't like being in the Ministry and thought like it went too dark and too far. Yeah. But I loved it. Like it was it was like top top of the heap for me. Yeah. Um, I also have a weird affinity for all the like kind of goofy bad WCW yes, R yes, yes angles, uh, namely like anything involving uh, Vampiro or when they had the kiss demon, or, um, oh, another great kind of bad horror angle is when they, they presented the brood as for real vampires.
1: Yes. Uh, fun fact, uh, Gangrel wrestles in Middle Tennessee, and he has currently taken over his new promotion and vampirized a
0: lot of the wrestlers in Very good. their Very good. promotion. I'm glad he's still keeping the vampire gimmick going. I uh, Yeah, I, I saw Gangrel at... A Chikara show <laughs> several years ago, uh, where, I, where he was like, he wasn't wrestling. I think he was managing a team. I think he maybe came out with Hallowicked or something. Oh, That's great. Um, but he he was there. Um, so the brood is great. But like, I I think the Ministry is probably my go-to like horror storyline thing. Like, I think I think people have, to have weird mixed feelings about like putting like putting stephanie mcmahon on that like undertaker logo cross yeah yeah (laughs) i i ate that up i ate it up i loved it yeah it's maybe not the best
1: to drink someone's blood on live television or maybe it's the best i mean gangrel
0: did it every week yeah (laughs) he had a big goblet of blood every week oh boy
1: (laughs) superb so can you remind our listeners where we can find you
0: online matt sure uh the easiest place to find all my stuff, links to everything, is on mattdwilson.net, which it has links to everything that I do. But specifically, uh, you can find my podcasts, War Rocket Ajax at warrocketajax.com, Movie Fighters at moviefighterscast.com, uh, Copernicus Jones' Robot Detective is a comic I write. It is on comiXology. And uh, my books, which are by... The supervillain King Oblivion PhD, but uh, edited by me, uh, are available on Amazon, and you can find links to those on mattdwilson.net. Um, that's the biggest stuff. I'm also on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at the Matt D Wilson. Okay, and can you take us out with a Jerry Lawler-style scream? All right, here we go. Mm, mm, eh, eh. Ah!